Habib got over the cage. Yeah. And jumped into his corner and all hell broke loose. Irish guys and and Russians. And let's just say they're not drinking waters. Well, yeah. That was the problem for the all the Irish guys were drunk <laughs> and the Muslims were sober. They didn't oh my god. <laughs> Today we're talking about UFC 229. Khabib McGregor. Oh, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. I want to change his face. Don't mess with Russian. Habib's crew could come in here and probably wipe out half this country. And the guy's wrestling bears when he's a kid. Then comes Conor McGregor. He's incredibly witty. His trash talk is Ali level. Throws the dolly through the, the bus. You, you got to rest. You're dealing with two hardcore f***ing alpha males. Who's the NFL equivalent to Habib, though? <laughs> First of all, I tell Brady this all the time. You gave me and my family 20 of the best years of our life, man. Just everybody was training that year to beat the Patriots. That's what happens when you're the best in the UFC. One of the biggest, one of the biggest fights ever. I am so tired of doing podcasts. I'm not doing any more podcasts. What's up, buddy? Thanks for joining us, man. No, thanks for having me. Man, so, uh... Games with Names is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Games with Names, presented by WinBet. We are on the search to find the greatest game of all time today. We're back, baby. Where are we back at? Our home away from home. The Win. The Win Las Hotel. Vegas. Las Vegas. Hotel and Casino. And Casino. Yeah, there it is. Today we are recording and we are talking about the UFC 229 McGregor versus Khabib. Our first time in the octagon. First time in the octagon. We've been in the ring once. We've been in the ring With once. our man Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Not I just... Boy, boy. They're, they're, they're related now. Yeah. WWE, WWE and UFC. They're one. They're one. Why? I don't understand that, but I get it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to ask him. And you know... We have to. If, if it's going to be our first octagon interview, we, you got to bring the guy who invented the octagon. That's right. Did he invent the octagon or he invented the UFC? I don't know that he invented he the He bought shape. the UFC and succeeded the UFC. Yes. Dana White. The man. I can't, I mean, I can't wait. I can't either. The guy's like, from Boston. I saw him at, he's always been very hospitable to me at all the little UFC fights I've gone to. He's a Boston guy, loves the Patriots. Lost a bunch of weight. Shredded. Shred McDead. Oh, my. We got to ask him what his secret is because I need that tip, baby. Yeah. What tip? Just the pause. tip? Just pause, pause. Whoa, Jackie. <laughs> Jackie. Oh. Uh, we get into the crazy fight and everything that leads up to it. We talk about Boston sports, Vegas sports. Where's he from? He says he's from both. We're bi-coastal gonna, we're guy, gonna, bi-coastal guy. He's bi-coastal. Well, is, is this on a coast? Mm. This, is, this is a desert. West Coast, technically, I guess. If you're PST, you're West Coast to me. Yeah, it's pretty West Coast. Yeah. You're on, the, you're on the time zone. If you're on the time zone, you're on the time zone. If you're on the time zone, you're, you're on West time Coast. Zone. Uh, and maybe some Hasbula talk. What a guy. I, I, dude, I can't not watch him on anything on social media. Whenever I see anything, I saw him driving a car, flipping someone off, doing donuts. <laughs> shooting guns. He punched, yeah, he's shooting AKs. I mean, he's like living how we all wish we could live. Yeah. It's a banger episode. Banger. I'm, I'm looking forward to Cannot it. Cannot wait. Make sure to check out Games with Names on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, 
and TikTok at Games with Names. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Comment a game you want us to do. And remember, rate and review. Rate and review. Games with Names is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet brings the excitement of the Win Las Vegas and Encore Boston Harbor to your phone. Join WinBet today and bet with the official online gaming product from Win Resorts. Let's go, Jack. Let's go. October 6, 2018, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. A clash of styles, bold and brash versus cold and calculated. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. This, this is, is UFC 229, 229 Habib versus, versus McGregor. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. What a team. <laughs> Welcome to Games with Names presented by WinBet. Today we are recording at the Win Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. And we have a very special guest. Very special. I mean, look at, we got so many people. We're, we're here at the Win. People are all gathering to see him. We got President and CEO, the man who built the UFC, Dana White. Thanks up, for buddy? joining us, man. No, thanks for having me. Man, so uh, you're from you're from Boston. Yeah, so my, my but family, you're also from Vegas. Yeah, it's, 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 I got. I don't know the story. I so I bounced it. around a lot when I was a kid. You know, we grew up uh, back there. They were paying nurses more here than anywhere in the country in like the late '70s. And my mom moved me and my sister out to Vegas. I was in fourth or fifth grade. Stayed here till I was uh, in high school. Then went back to Boston after uh, I graduated. Wow. Then came back here when I was 26. So I bounced back and forth. Actually, really lucky that I was able to have that East Coast, West Coast upbringing. Yeah. It, it was awesome. Yeah, and this is that was before Vegas was really... 250,000 people yeah. here when we moved it's, here. It's, it's really, like, the last five years, everyone yeah. has left California, came out here. I mean, it's crazy. Well, now that sports are here, it's turned into a big sports town, and, you know, I mean, they're going to have fucking ping pong here pretty soon, man. Yeah. I mean, everything they do here... Slap. I, I literally just went to... Slap. My guy. I had slapped. I, I literally <laughs> just went to the WNBA game uh, a couple nights ago at, at, at Mandalay Bay. Yeah. There wasn't an empty seat in the house. The place was packed. They're the champs. going crazy. They're the champs. Defending champs. Yeah. Brady owns them. 100%. Exactly. The, what's your name? Called them out. Say, hey, what, what the hell? Why, why is this the first game you've been to? You own us. <laughs> who, who did? One of their, their stars. Sounds like, like Asia Kelsey Wilson maybe? Thing to me. Yeah. I got to look that one up. You got to look that up. I saw that. Well, welcome to Games with Names. And uh, today we're talking about... The Khabib McGregor UFC 229 fight. It's a pretty crazy fight. Awesome fight. Big one. That was a big one for us. And uh, obviously, uh, a ton of animosity between those two going in. A ton of animosity between uh, Khabib and uh, Connor's cornermen. And it was just, yeah, it was it was crazy. At this point, McGregor, he was at like the high of the high. He was probably the most famous athlete on the planet. hundred percent. And, you know, and, and Habib at the time too, you know, and, and, and when you think about the Muslim world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Over a billion worldwide, it might even be 2 billion now for yeah. all I know, but you know, and he was like the first Muslim world champion in, in, in the UFC. So. Stud. And it, and it was, it was crazy that like, I remember this fight and all the hoopla before the hype before you know, the guy's throwing, you know, McGregor throws the the dolly through the, the bus. Like, 
when you're putting together these fights, there's like a, there's like a, probably like a, a meter of where you love that kind of shit because it's building the fight. And then there's a meter where you have to kind of step in and say, Hey boys, like, how does that work? We're at a point now where we don't need the, the craziness to build a fight. You know what I mean? What we need are, uh, just the matchup itself. The fact that these are two of the best in the world and people think that I love that stuff, but I don't because what happens is we're regulated by the government. The athletic commission is, is the government. And, uh, yeah, they, 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 uh, they don't like that shit. So it's bad when it happens. And, you know, one of the things that I got criticized about by the media is when we were promoting the fight, I promoted the whole thing that happened uh, in Brooklyn um, w- w- with the bus, but but it's part of the story. Yeah. You, you got know it. what I mean? Exactly. I don't give a shit. It's part of the story. We told the story, the way that it unfolded and how it played out. And, you know, obviously it was a big fight, lots of animosity. And, uh, you know, we were ready for what happened after, but we didn't, uh, we didn't execute perfectly the way that we should have. You know, he... Habib got over the cage, yeah. and jumped into his corner, and and then all you know, all hell broke loose. Yeah, it, it was. Did anyone get arrested? I don't think anybody got arrested. Uh, I we, don't even we, know if I'm if, the, if these questions are too much. We actually <laughs> no no we actually got it contained pretty quickly. We yeah. were expecting it. We expected it to happen. If you look, the guys that were inside the octagon when Habib jumps over, the guy is like, don't just do. misses grabbing him. Yeah, and he gets over the cage and into the corner. Um, but no, we were anticipating it. We got it under control pretty quick nobody got hurt the problem was after you know you had uh you know irish guys and and russians and russian guys fighting out in the and let's just say they're not drinking waters well yeah well the, the, they're drinking a lot that of was the problem the, all the irish guys were drunk <laughs> and the muslims were sober oh my god <laughs> yeah. uh, an advantage you got an advantage yeah, no doubt about it is, so is this is this at this point going into this fight at this point point of the ufc was this the greatest fight you think greatest fight well, it was, it was one, of the the biggest. The biggest? one of the biggest yeah i mean we've had so many great fights when you talk about a great fight what a great fight means we've had tons of great fights this is one of the biggest one of the, the biggest fights ever yeah it was definitely I, I it was like and i wasn't big in the fight game or anything but it was like i watched this this guy from russia khabib or habib and, and the guy's wrestling bears when he's a kid yeah and you got this Little Irishman. No, he, he's a freak athlete, man, and he's a he, he's a badass dude. It's as I always talk about like when we talk about the pussies that are in this country right yeah. now with what's that going on and everything. But, you know, we talk about you know Habib's crew could come in here and probably wipe out half this country by, on their own. These, these dudes are so tough and nasty and nasty. come from such a uh, a tough upbringing, like fucking men. Yeah, we talk about men. These dudes are like nasty dudes don't mess with russians that's that's a that's a keynote to <laughs> my especially dagestan oh my god that's, yeah dagestan. exactly any of the stands anything that ends in stand <laughs> stay away from don't exactly. mess exactly can you can you can you walk us through the the origin of you taking over the ufc yeah so uh back in the day you know i was involved in boxing very minor level you know uh trained guys and all that kind of stuff the biggest thing i ever did was i got a local kid here a, a fight with uh, Roy Jones Jr. back in the day. Um, and I started to uh, take jujitsu with with my friends, the Fertitta brothers. They own Station Casinos here in Vegas. And uh, through that, we fell in love with, with, with the sport and we started to meet a lot of the athletes. And I started to manage Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. Yeah. I got into a 
contract dispute with the old owner of the UFC. His name is Bob Meyerowitz out of New York. And uh, he flipped out on me one day uh, and said, you know what? There is no more money left. We might not have enough money to do the next event. So I was like, we hung up the phone. I was like, oh, shit. So I literally hung up and called the Fertitas and said, I think the UFC is going out of business. I, I, I think we could buy it, and I think we should. So wow. Lorenzo went into negotiations with, uh, with Meyerowitz, and a couple months later, we owned the UFC for $2 million. God damn. How many? How, two million bucks? Two million. What are they worth now? You guys, how many? Well, we sold it back in 2016 for uh, $4.25 billion, and now it's worth twelve. Is the UFC right now where your original vision yeah. was There's still, at that point, or are you still thinking it could be? I still have a ton of vision for it. We're still working on a lot of things that, you know, I was dreaming about back in 2001. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You guys handled it like almost like the NFL. Thanks. Like Thank as you. far as like just the professionalism and like how you guys handle all the 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 deals with the 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 sponsors and all the guys have their like they everyone has to wear Reebok, right? Well, the Reebok deal's over now. Yeah. So who, who We're the company called Venom now, but yeah. Venom. Mm-hmm. Or even that. I mean, that's very look at that's Richie Incognito. Oh shit. <laughs> we won't hey, no bully. No bully. <laughs> All these NFL dudes are here. I know. Richie Cognito, that dude has some of the best feet. We used to work out together right when all that shit was going down about the bullying Mm -hmm. in Miami. He's definitely a bully, but you got to have a bully on a team. You got to have a bully on a team. There's a bully. There's bullies everywhere. You need that asshole. Bullies are everywhere. But you got to deal with bullies. Especially on the offensive line. You want a fucking bully on the offensive line. 100%. But I mean, that guy used to have crazy, but that's crazy. Now, you grew up in, in Boston and Vegas. Now, you're a Boston fan? Yes. Of all Boston sports? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, hell yes. Yes, yes. I'm Boston. I'm still a Boston guy. I live in Vegas, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm Patriots, Celtics, Red Sox. I'm not a big hockey fan, but I'm Bruins. going with the Bruins. Yeah. yeah. Now, you got any uh, kid stories of you going to any games or anything or? You didn't have that kind of money to yeah. really go to games. I went to a couple of baseball games when I was young, um, but I didn't really start going to Celtics games until I, you know, started making money. Yeah. And Patriots, and you know, I was at the I was at the uh, the Super Bowl when you guys came back in Atlanta and won the won the Super Bowl that night. It was incredible. What an incredible experience! First of all, I tell Brady this all the time. I'm going to tell you now. You gave me and my family twenty of the best years of our life, man. Just the, the Patriots <laughs> run. That, that I, every Sunday I stayed home and I watched all the games. My kids grew up, we grew up in, you know, born and raised in Vegas, but they grew up Patriots fans and just what, what an amazing, uh, what an amazing experience and an amazing time during your run at the, uh, at New England it was incredible. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a hell of a run, but you know, in Vegas now, how about Vegas having all these sports teams? Yeah. That's pretty fucking badass. They're this gonna... should have been a, this, this is by design. This is the, the, the entertainment capital of the world by design. This is a sports town. Yeah. You know, the gaming thing was just always, you know, a big problem for people. Now that they figured out the gaming side, this is without a doubt going to be one of the biggest and best sports towns how in are the, the world. How are the, like, are, are the locals of Vegas, are they, like, becoming Raiders fans? Like, are they Raiders fans or is it? Because anytime you see a, a way team come and play the Raiders, a lot of the fan base in that stadium is usually, you know. 100 like percent you know well I mean? it makes sense when you think about the brilliance yeah. of it if you're going to go to an away game you want to go to vegas you're going to vegas with your boys 100 percent, right 
it's 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 a no-brainer um but yeah i mean the uh the locals that live here have embraced the teams like for instance the golden knights huge man i mean it's huge here in las vegas everybody and what was funny is in the beginning i had an opportunity to invest in the golden knights i'm like hockey in vegas that's ridiculous but i was way off on that one man it is huge here but now you drive on the freeways here you see the golden knights license plates the raiders license plates and yeah, that's, it's it's a big sports town. I mean, every sport they're gonna have fucking ping pong team here pretty soon. I mean, every sport in the world is coming to Vegas. It's it's hard not to capitalize on it if you're a professional league. Yep. You know, I mean, it's it's a slam dunk now that the teams have actually done it. I agree. It's been insane. Uh, Vegas is a sports city versus Boston is a sports city. Easy, right? I mean, listen. The one thing that Vegas doesn't have is the history. You know what I mean? Yeah, tradition. We're going to build the history here, you know, over the next 30 years. But uh, Boston has such a great history of sports. You know, it's like Boston, New York, Philly, Chicago. It's, uh, you know, we don't have that yet, but this is the place to come if you want to go to an away game. It's kind of like, uh, what is it, uh, Great Gatsby? There's East Egg and West Egg. This is like (laughs) East Egg people over here. You know, it's it's still a little new, but they're still, they still got some money out here, you know, as, as far as love and equity of sport. Can you give us the origin of Fuck It Friday? Yeah, so uh, I started to, uh, I, I like food. I like, and yeah. uh, I, I, we ate, we put together this thing one day. It was, uh, I, I, when Popeye's chicken sandwiches came out, I was like one of the crackheads that was running down there and getting Popeye's. People were fighting over that shit. It was insane. I'm not shitting you. This happened. I had a guy that worked at, at Popeye's. He was, he was tucking them out the back door to us. We were paying him. He was putting them out the back door because they, they were literally running out. There were big lines. I got a guy kicking them out the back door for me for some money. So um, we ended up taking uh, one of the Popeye's chicken sandwiches and making a sandwich with Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, wow. So the donuts were the bread and the, and the Popeye's chicken, and that was how fucking Friday began. I, I ate it. It was awesome, and, and uh, that started the whole thing. And it all takes place at the UFC headquarters. It's one of the biggest things I do on social media. I, I, I watch it. Every time I post that, just on my stuff, it does over 2 million views. You know, everybody loves food, man. Everyone loves food. I mean, look at, you know, the El Prez from Barstool. I mean, the pizza, he's, he's killing it. The pizza reviews kill it. What NFL player do you think could come into the cage and be well and do well? Well, it's interesting because a lot of uh, NFL players. And Harden, right? Harden did it. Oh, uh, Greg Hardy. Yeah. Hardy. Greg Hardy, yeah. A lot of, uh, there's been a lot of crossover. We've had college players um, and NFL players come in and, 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 and do well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you're talking about big, explosive, powerful, athletic guys um, who don't mind getting hit. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a different thing. Like we were talking before we, we hopped on. I started taking up boxing, and, it, and it's so different if you're not. Like, I couldn't imagine going and fighting a guy like a, 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 a Habib or some guy that's been doing this since he was two years old. Right. I mean, like, that's like, different, though. But, but look at the athlete. For your size, yeah. look at the success you had in the NFL. Now imagine if it, at your age when you started playing football, you started training to mixed martial arts. You would have done something. You absolutely positively would have been somebody in the sport. You know Ovid St. Pru? Yeah. Who did he play for, Tennessee? Ovid St. Pru? OSP? Yeah, he played for Tennessee. Yeah. He, he was a good player at Tennessee. He actually did really well and has been in the UFC for like 10 years. Wow. Yeah, football player, man. The, the football players are, 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 as far as physical attributes, and and you could be the greatest physical specimen of all time, and you know this better than anybody. You have to like to get hit. 
everyone's got a plan until you get hit yeah, in the sure. face, as Mike that's Tyson said. That's it. And <laughs> you were one of these fast, small guys cutting across the middle, wide open, with linebackers that were three times your size hitting you. Yeah. And uh, so, you I know, you, you, I think times. you would have done damn well <laughs> in the UFC. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. So we have a segment where we like to go back in the date and go over pop culture. So this date was October 6, 2018. Number one movie, Venom. Did you see that? Venom? I did, yeah. Did you like it? I didn't. I didn't I, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy? I didn't love it. It wasn't my favorite. You know it what? didn't live up to the hype. Well, the whole uh, comic book thing has gone... Through the roof. To, it's a, yeah, yeah, but in a different way. A different. I, I, I just some of those movies I can't. Iron con- Man one, best, incredible, right? Yeah. The original Iron Man Spider-Man's, one, probably the greatest comic move, movie of all time. The original Spider Man's were fucking good. Spider Man's are good. Yep, exactly. And they got started doing them all the time. The, the first Dark Knight I liked. Uh, the the Christopher Nolan Batman's. Yeah, those are the best. 100%. I think those are the best. I agree. Did you hear you. that he's about to do uh, the James Bond? I heard. I heard Although that too. Talks. I like that. Christopher Nolan, the guy who directed those yeah, Dark yeah. Knights, he might be doing the... The first the, X-Men, really that good. That was really good. Yep. Man, ar- around this time, October 4, Tom Brady becomes the third NFL quarterback to record 500 career touchdown Boom. passes in a 38-24 to win over the Colts. Couldn't happen to a better guy on a better team. <laughs> Against a shittier team. We love talking smack about the Colts. So anything like the Colts. bad you got to say about the Colts. We don't like the Colts. Let well, you, know what I bet? you know what's funny? And I'm in a I'm in a very odd place now because Dalton Kincaid played football with my son and kind of oh. grew up with with my son, and now he's a Buffalo Bill. <laughs> all the places he ends up is a Buffalo Bill. So all, all all obviously we're rooting for him and we love him. But another one, Puka Nakua, stud. Oh Puka Nakua grew up. So I I funded the team that he played on with my kids. He's from Vegas. Yeah yeah, he's a Vegas kid. He grew up with my kids since they were this big. And uh, so we're really proud of him. We're obviously proud of Dalton. And, it's, and it is impossible to not love the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. I, I fucking Josh Allen. love him, man. He is an absolute stud. Yeah, he's a, he's a stud. He, it's the Buffalo Bills, like no, you said. I'm, dude, I'm, every time we play them, 
even when when you guys were dominant and good, the Buffalo Bills were always a problem. They were always tough to play, and uh, but they were they were front runners. They never they never got to the, you know. They spent twenty years trying to design a team to beat us. And anytime you play in that division, regardless of records or anything, it's always a super tough game because you see them twice a year. You guys see them twice a year every year. Yep. Every time we play Buffalo, even when we and go in down the AFC, the, you'd end up in the, you know. I just, I like to, you know, I think of it like this, you know, like when we were, we were the big brother of the division. Absolutely. For, for 20 years. Right now, it's probably you Buffalo. You guys were the champs. You guys were the champs all those years, no matter what. Even when, you know, we didn't win the championship, you guys were, were champs and, and you were the team to beat. Exactly. And, and, and right now, Buffalo's probably the older brother of the division right now. But it's kind of like, I, I tell the Buffalo fans, which I'm always around Buffalo fans, and they're awesome fans. But I tell them, like, at least when we were the big, like, the big brother of the division, we'd go out in the block and beat the shit out of everyone else. Now our older brother's getting his ass beat every time he goes out and tries <laughs> to fight other people. Right. You know, it's like, what's going on, Buffalo? We got to get on this. this but is- you are right. When you think about the fans of Buffalo, talk about people who have been, first of all, you got to go out and, and watch your team in the nastiest fucking weather of all time, okay? The nastiest weather o- o- other than uh, uh, the Packers, you know yeah. what I mean? Other than the Packers, the nastiest weather ever. Um, your team is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. They never make it. The, and and every year, you guys, I, I God bless all of you Buffalo fans. You guys are always, every time I talk to you, this is our year, this is our year. <laughs> They love their um, football. No, not your year. They love that. I, I respect the shit out of those fans. I've never been, been flipped off no, so true. many times. And it's by so many different age groups. I've talked about it on the pod so many times. I mean, three-year-olds to 90-year-olds flipping you off when you're, you leave <laughs> so a little true. orchard. You know who else? It's true. I, I love Buffalo fans. I love their passion. I love, for, especially the Celtics. And we go into Philly, right? Philly. So I would go to these big, you know, the, the, the Philly versus the Celtics. And we're, we're getting into the playoffs. And I come walking in and I wear my Celtics gear and stuff. Boo, they're yelling at me. You got some balls wearing that. UFC sucks. You know, they're all fucking yelling at me the whole time that I'm there. We sit and God, God, if we can walk out of that arena that night with a win, man, it is the best feeling in the it world. Is. I'm like, it, it's just, I love the rivalry between Philly and Boston. It's so fun. They're very similar cities. So true. You know, I mean. Well, you got New York. Uh, Philly, and then you got Buffalo. So th- those three rivalries are so fun. They are East Coast, cold weather people, tough people, yep. blue collar people, hundred percent throwing batteries at Santa if you're in Philly. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And uh, tons of sports history, so tons of history. You grew up with Puka Nakua. Did you ever think that this kid would? My kids did. My kids grew up with Puka. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. was he, he a stud? Grew, he out? grew up in our house. Yeah. Was yeah. he? Was he balling? Balling. So when, when we used to fund a team, me and Lorenzo used to fund a team called the Little Cowboys yeah. here in Vegas, and he was on the Little Cowboys um, w- with my kids and a bunch of other guys that are playing right now. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, there's a kid named Caillou. Uh, he's playing with uh, – he just got – I think he's with Seattle. And then, um, you know, there's a few kids that went to the NFL from that team. Yeah. And, and, and good colleges too. And uh, to see Puka doing what he's doing now – it's just, it's so, it could not happen to a better human being. When you meet this kid, you will love this kid. He's, He's such a good smiling. kid. Always smiling. Always. Always smiling. And, and the crazy thing to me is that it's so hard for a rookie receiver, which he's not like a overly dominant athletic guy. Right. Like a Jamar Chase who came in his rookie year and Top. balled out, Top. you know, but 
to be able to gain the trust of a quarterback, 100%. which, you know, he was kind of forced in that role with Cooper Cup not playing. But on any situational play, Matthew Stafford for those first four weeks was looking at Puka Nakua, and he was being a dependable, reliable receiver across that middle. I mean, it's been really impressive. It's, there's a lot of there's a lot of great athletes. I mean, Bryce Harper's from out here. There's right? like yep. it's like a little hub of it's true studs, and, and it's actually been that way for. I, I went to school with Marty Cordova. I don't know if you remember him, but he was the 1995 American League Rookie of the Year. He played for the Minnesota Twins, and uh, you know he grew up with us. There's been lots of people that have come out of Vegas. Yeah, it's crazy. We gotta get back to to UFC. That's why we're here. We're talking to hell yeah, not the founder, the guy who. Took it over, bought it for two million dollars, sold it for four point eight. Now we merged with WWE. Can you can you explain that real quick? I, I'm getting off my script because I don't I don't. Understand. No, it's all good. Uh, yeah. So what we did was we went public uh, a couple years ago with Endeavor. Um, Endeavor went out and 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 you know did a deal with Vince and the WWE to merge UFC and WWE uh, under the same stock. Uh, ticker symbol TKO. Yeah. And, you know, I think he felt like there were a lot of synergies. Like if you look at the UFC, we, we are a fucking dialed in machine. Yeah. And I think that when you looked at the WWE, uh, Ari saw some, some opportunities to go out and cut new TV deals because their TV deals were up and get that sponsorship number up, uh, licensing and a lot of other things that he could add a lot of value to that would make this a very powerful stock. Yeah. Jeez. Games with Names is brought to you by my friends at WinBet. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas and Encore Boston Harbor to online sports betting. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager from straight up bets to parlays, teasers, and any prop bet you can dream up. All players have access to win rewards and can redeem them for resort credit in Las Vegas and Boston. I've just said that. It's awesome. Sign up today and get in the game online or visit Boston Sportsbook at Encore Boston Harbor. There's no better way to enjoy sports with a little extra winnings in the pocket. Betting is a team sport. So why don't you join my team, win bet, and bet with the best. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Bet responsibly. I added that. That's a little improv. Let's get back into this fight. How important of a character is Conor McGregor for the UFC? Well, we've had, when you think about my business, it's very star-driven. So... You know, when we started out, we had Chuck Liddell, Anderson Silva, Ronda Rousey. I mean, you think of all the stars that have come up, and and every star that that has been built in the UFC has helped take. The, I'll give you an example, like Matt Hughes, right? You remember Matt Hughes? Yeah. Came out to a country boy can survive, and he appealed to a certain audience. Chuck Liddell had the mohawk, you know, and knocked people out at a time when people didn't really understand the ground game. Yeah. And then you had somebody like Anderson Silva, who was like the Bruce Lee of the UFC at that time. He could do anything. So you had all these different characters with different personalities from different places who helped take the sport to another level. Then comes Conor McGregor. And one of the things that I always talk about with Conor McGregor is that Everybody thinks they're Irish. When you think about, you know, you go all over the world, you think about St. Paddy's Day and, you know, the Irish bars and everybody thinks they're Irish. The Irish thing is really powerful. 
So he comes out, incredible personality. He's from Ireland, and he can actually fight too. Yeah. So it was like it was such a home run, and it just, uh, you know, he he took us to a whole nother level throughout Europe and other parts of the world. What 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 makes him a special fighter? Is his hands length? Well, he, he was he's it's a lot long. of things with Connor. One of one of the things with Connor is let, let's start with his personality. He's got this magnetic personality that you are just drawn to. He's, he's incredibly witty. His trash talk is Ali level. Um, you know, his persona is Ali level. He's a guy that transcends all sports. Yeah. You know, he's one of the guys that when he walks into a room, everybody's like, holy shit, that's Conor McGregor. Yeah. Well, what about his fight style? Yeah, he's one of these guys. He can do anything. He likes to stand up. He's got heavy hands. He can knock you out. Um, and his ground game isn't bad either, yeah. you know? So, but people like to see him stand up and knock you out. Yeah. Jack, can you set the stage for this fight? Let's jump into the fight. Yeah, let's get into this thing. Um, so as we touched on earlier, the lead up, I mean, this goes back two or three years. Trash talk. Camps are fighting. Slapping in the hallways. We got the dolly through the... Uh, and it's crazy because the they bus. were they were kind of boys at the very very beginning, and didn't Habib he kind of like it was kind of a parallel kind of rise, up right? To Connor at the very beginning, keep going. Like their rise was quasi like parallel ish. You're absolutely right. Their rise it was at the same time, and uh, you know the problem that you're talking about with these two when you say they were boys, they were never really boys. It was like a mutual hey, whatever. You're dealing with two hardcore fucking alpha males. Assassins. Okay? 100%. These guys are both killers. They both want to be the best. They both want to win, and they're both willing to fight anybody and do anything to be the best. So when you get those two type of guys, there is no being buddies. Those two are on a collision course before they even knew they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, as we touched on earlier also, I mean, these two camps, like, it was just animosity at every turn and a clash of styles, too. Like, you got Khabib cold, calculated, Tough, just will do the fight like great wrestler ground great game. Great ground game. Yep. I mean, a machine Striker. almost. Like I don't know, like you know, how do you even beat him? Like, it, it seems impossible. I mean, yeah. I know no one's done it. I'm going to tell you one of the things that's super unfortunate for us, but very fortunate for Habib. You know, um, the fact that I mean, this guy, I would have loved to have seen him go keep, on longer. Going, yeah, so much more. Very Sanders ish. When his dad passed away, it kind of sucked all the energy. His dad was his trainer. Yeah. Grown up and trained a whole camp and everything else. And the dad had a vision that Habib would be the champion. Then when Habib retired, Islam would come in and be the champion. Let me tell you what, you want to talk about one of the greatest coaches in the history of the sport that's never talked about Habib Nurmagomedov's dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you think about what that guy built. So um, the problem was in the Muslim world is he became this huge megastar in the Muslim world. So yeah. after he beat Conor McGregor, he went on like this tour of all the Muslim countries. So he's he's going into Turkey, he's going into Saudi Arabia, he's going to Abu Dhabi, he's going over to Dubai, and they're raining on him. I mean, he didn't even make it back to his dressing room after the fight, and Putin was on the phone. And Putin gave him and his father like twenty million dollars worth of property in in, in Russia. Um, then he went into you know the Muslim territories where these guys are just cars, money, what gyms. Whatever, whatever he wanted. So once you get to that level, it's, it's, it's like what we're dealing with with Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor lives on a yacht in the middle of wherever the warmest place in the world is at that time. 
And, you know, it's just. And he's showing you. Oh, man, I live vicariously on Instagram. <laughs> well, once you get to that level, man, it's just. You're not getting up and getting punched in the face every day anymore. It's just, you know. Is Habib the, the greatest? Greatest of all time is John Jones. John Jones. John, John Jones. John Jones. He's still, John Jones is undefeated. Habib it, it, it was undefeated too, but I would have liked to have seen Habib more. do more. John Jones has been around forever. He's fought everybody in the light heavyweight division. Now he's in the heavyweight division beating guys like, take three years off. Ali never looked the same after three years. He took three years off. John Jones went in and made Cyril Gaon look like he'd never fought in his life. Who, you know, I mean, Jones is the greatest ever. He's so long. And he's never been beat. Never, never been beat. Man. He doesn't know what losing feels like. He's never lost. Think of that. Who's the NFL equivalent to Habib, though, as a player? It's tough. Well, it's, it is because, you know, you guys have so many legends. You guys have so much history in the sport. There's so many legends in your sport. It, it's hard to say. You know, we're, we're 30 years old. But, you know, the, 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 the sport that me and the Fertitta started is, is 23 years old. Yeah. So. We're still a we're still a kid compared to the yeah. NFL and some of these other sports. That's but crazy. I, and the lead up of this one, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk numbers. Habib entered this thing twenty six and zero, coming off a win over Ally Quinta, not that long a year earlier. Connor twenty one and three, but hadn't fought since the, uh, the Mayweather. Mayweather. So there was a lot of talk. Would he have fared better if he'd had a, a little appearance in the octagon in between that? You think he should have had a little a tune up fight? No, they, we don't do tune-up fights here. That's not how this works. <laughs> tune-up fights are like a boxing <laughs> bullshit thing. No um, stepping stones. No stepping stones for not in UFC. Fuck no. Yeah, Hell no. There's, there's no such thing. Fight here. for the belt, baby. Double champ. Um, yeah, no. He, uh, it's it's part of the problem. Listen, in this sport, when when you have to be a very special kind of person to have fifty, eighty, hundred million in the bank and still come out and compete at that level. Because part of what makes you so badass here, there's two things. Part of what makes you so badass here is hunger. All the things you want, right? Um, and, and, and number two is, once you get to a level of success and monetary success, how do you keep fucking training that hard? And everybody that's under you is training to beat you. Just like you said that happened you know, in the NFL and in the AFC, right? Everybody was training that year to beat the Patriots. Every breaking year. down your film, breaking down your plays, breaking down your defense. Everything they saw was to beat you. That's what happens when you're the best in the UFC. Your measuring stick. Yep. That's What's what that? they call measuring stick team. Guy, fight, fighter. What Dana said made me think of that line from Rocky. What do you say? The worst thing you can become is civilized rock. You went and became civilized, wasn't that it, Rocky? You, you, you know what's fascinating is with Stallone. You know, Stallone's such a big fight fan. When I see fight movies, they're fucking goofy to me. It's probably <laughs> like when you watch a fucking football movie. Yeah. It's like, this is the dumbest fucking shit that I've ever seen in my life. It's literally nothing like any of this. But Stallone always had this way of, you know, when you watch the fucking Rocky movie, man, your ass was getting up at 6 o'clock the next morning and going to work out and start training. Yeah, and yeah. They were so motivational, and he always had... These, these things that were, were true sayings about being involved in boxing or some type of combat sport. The origin of my beard is because of Rocky Four. 
Is it really? When yeah, he used to Russia? Yeah. When you remember he wanted to go to Russia and he wanted I, listen, to be fucking I saw Rocky one, two, three, and four a million times, man. Same. Like, My, I, you can't you can't not turn it on. So true. When it, I mean it's always on a TBS or some channel. I mean, if you're on channels anymore, probably kinda What's your favorite Rocky? Everybody makes the argument with me that like Rocky one should be your favorite. No, that's right. It's it's, it's cinematography wise, yeah, and they got all the the best. But I loved, I loved three and four. Three was my favorite. Mr. T, Mr. T, Clubber Lang, Clubber Lang. You know what I mean? What's your prediction? So good. And and the training sequences that he had, you know, Clubber Lang when he was coming up. But four was great too. I love four too. Russian. And uh, yeah, three and four are my are my two favorites. I loved three because just like we were just talking about, you know, he kind of was up there and he's beating all those guys, and then it gets a little harder when you're the champ. You know, you lose 100%. that hunger, and then you got that hungry guy that's coming in there. Who, you know, my dad used to say that when I come home from training, he go, "You out train those six guys? What are we talking about? The six guys in high school that are coming to take your job right now. They're coming <laughs> up right now, and you know, it, it's true. You know, and that's what Glover Lang was. He was. So that true. one guy, and then Rocky had to get a little rhythm. He had to go to L.A. get a little rhythm. You're right. Well, it was kind of like the uh, they were talking. No, they went to Philly. Yep. Didn't he go to Philly? I, he went to L.A. though. No, Philly is where they went. They ended up at some gym in Philly that that uh, Apollo Creed used to work at. I thought that was in L.A. No, it was Philly. That's where Apollo Creed came up. Is that we got we got. I'm, on, I'm on it. I'm on. I can't remember. I think it's L.A. You might be right because remember they would race at the beach with Apollo. Oh yeah, you're right. Well. Because yeah, Apollo know. was from L.A. Yeah, you're probably right. I thought, I thought. I He's thought from he... Philly. All right, where do they train? Um, but one of the things that Rocky Three is about, and you're, you're, what we're talking about here is how he had gotten top, had all the money, and, and He's on and all the magazine covers. anymore. And, yeah. yeah. And then old Mick lied to him. Yeah, well, he was doing easier fights easier for him. Easier him up with fights. Set up fights. You can't beat him, Rock. <laughs> you can't beat him. Yeah, it's oh the beach. God. I'm looking at the beach scene right now, L.A. Beach scene. What, what's, what's up with Dagestan and, and producing all these great fighters? Is it just because they're so fucking tough out yeah, there? Yeah, they come out of a, you know, they come out of a, a really tough place. Literally, you know, wrestling like, bears. Like, I'm not kidding you. All the stands. Uh, everything that ends in a stand. You hear that? With stay that away. Side? Yeah, stay away from that fucking guy stay if away. that's where here he's from. Or her. Jesus. Valentina Shevchenko, too. Have you? Uh, She's a badass. <laughs> what's it like beating little Hasbula? He's awesome, man. I'm going <laughs> to see him uh, next week. Are you? Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm flying to Abu Dhabi on Tuesday. Oh my god! Yeah, I'll be with him on uh, probably Wednesday or Thursday. We love him over here. We love. I love. Yeah. He's magnetic. He's so I mean, even he's through the awesome. phone, magnetic. He is. It's incredible. I mean, he he's living his best life. Hundred percent. Oh, we we. You know what? Just between me and the Nelk boys, you know, we've made that kid over a million dollars. Just you know, and, and doing merchandise and doing fun shit with yeah. him. I put him in the video game. He's going to be in the video game. That'll be awesome. We paid him a shitload of money for that. Uh, yeah, you can fight Hasbula in a video game here pretty soon. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. And it's time for the Bounty Wingman question. Bring out the wings. Boop. They're there. Bounty is everyone's favorite wingman because you can't have football without wings and you can't have wings without Bounty. And today's Bounty Wingman question will be going to my day one wingman, Kurt De La Rosa. Best friend since birth, pretty much. What is the messiest situation that we've been in? I want to hear your story, and then I may have one. Um, I would say the messiest situation that we have been in. 
to keep it PG because you don't want to talk about being in trouble. You can do. You can do R. <laughs> um, so I don't know. You probably you should remember this. It's the first year our city entered into Babe Ruth, which was a big kind of like 13, 14, 15 baseball league or whatever. We, we, left. we entered the, the Palo Alto city. Yeah, so we're in a diff- completely a different Ritchie. city. They have, you know, 10, Park. 10 teams or whatever. The league's already set up. We're like but the bad news. Like, hey, Redwood, C- Redwood City <laughs> wants to join, and we're going to put our own little all-star team together because Redwood City was already a big enough city that we had 10 teams in itself already, and we're like, you know what? We're joining this Palo Alto league, and we're going to kind of stitch a team together to fit in this other league. So... We're now playing against all the kids that we usually would only play in like playoffs or all stars or whatnot. And so we're kind of like he said, the, the bad news bears. Bad news bears. These people were classy. And it was people had money. It was also like up. Jules and I were kind of like, oh, we're kind of getting pretty good at baseball. We're gonna be playing shortstop and second base. We had all these aspirations to be great. And so we're playing at Kenyatta. Kenyatta. And the rival team, I don't remember what their team was. They were green. Like, that's all I can remember. And, and they had this one dude who was like 6'1", 210. Rolled up his, he rolled up his sleeves. Yeah, because he, he had he guns. Like a, he was like a pre-chunky kid. You know what I mean? So, you know, but like he rolled up his sleeves. I mean, where, how old were we? So 15, we were 15? 13 or 14. But it went to 15. It went to 15, yeah. And, you know, you should look at this guy who's six one. You know, 200 plus pounds at the age of 14, 15. Probably 190. Then you look at Jules and I, and we're both still 410, 100 pounds soaking wet. You know, little little guys. And so there was this one play. I think we were up by like two runs already. So they were getting a little frustrated. And he hits a ground ball through the right side. And so if you know baseball, what happens is the first baseman tries to get the ball. Second base has to rotate to first to cover just in case you want to backdoor him on, you know, if he gets too far around. So instead of him kind of running through the line, he just plows right through me. I get blindsided, taken out. And so I'm like in like a daze, like cartoon, like, you know, I got dust all over me. And I sit up and I just see Julian sprinting full speed just launches full body into this guy threw my glove at him first yeah threw his glove it was like yeah like, ah! and like, this guy's holding me like a little fucking rag doll I'm like and you know like that's the bounty you know pledge right there is like hey like you get in a messy a situation and and you got your cleanup Right here, and he came to clean up the mess for me because, uh, you know, that's what best friends do. Fucking so Billy Badass. That. Yeah. Like, fuck this dude. I don't know. Sorry, Bounty, but yeah. You remember that, yeah? Oh, yeah. Kenyatta, his second baseline. You want to know how our bad news bears? So we make the playoffs. It's just another messy situation. Messy situation. <laughs> make playoffs. Get to the finals, right? But it's like a two-game elimination. So we lost one game, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we battled our way back to the finals to play the best team that everyone knew the best team was. We, we would have to win twice. We'd have mm-hmm. to win twice. First game we play them, we're beating their ass. We, we're like up like what? Eight or nine. Yeah, we're up eight or nine. I'm not going to give no names, but our goddamn fucking manager, not knowing the goddamn situations... Puts one of our boys in because he wants to get him in. It's one of the last games, and the next next game is like championship. You know what I mean? Puts in our final sub. Final sub, 
ends up headbutting someone in something. No, he gets he gets caught in a pickle. In a pickle between home and third, and instead of just getting tagged out, decides to just go full spear like into the third baseman, like way over the top, where everyone's kind of like, "Whoa, that was a little aggressive." Ejected, <laughs> full eject. We had to forfeit. This is game. bottom of six. All we had to do was get three more outs in the next inning to force a final game to the season for the championship. Bad news bears. We had to forfeit. Fuck it. No subs. No subs. Bad news bears. Knocked out of the game. Our whole team, like classless as they come, like fuck you guys. We're all like from East Redwood City. The fix Redwood. is in. Yeah. The bullshit. The script. It's a script. Yeah, fuck this scripted. city. I don't think they had another Redwood City team ever enter that league again. We were like. Fuck you guys and your stupid league. We were champions. Like, literally, like, the Bad News Bears at the end where they're, like, pouring, like, beers and stuff on them for losing the game. That was us. Kenny Inglehart. Why you got to fucking try to take someone's neck out, bro? Yeah, in the heat of the moment. You know, he got he got excited. Maybe oh. that's why he was a sub, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our bounty wingman question. Story, Story time. time. Should we get into this? Uh, Let's get into, we get into this breakdown. This yeah. fight, of course, lightweight championship. As we know, the pay per view buys were insane. Two point four million, I believe. Yep. Oh my Was God. it the highest at that time? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's crazy. The, the only 80, the only pay per view the only pay per view that beat that was uh, Connor and Floyd. Wow. And Floyd and uh, Pacquiao. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But so okay, so this is number one UFC. Yeah. Damn, yeah. insane. Thought so. Um, we all remember what happened. Everyone talks before and after, but rounds one and two, Khabib kind of dominated him. Dominated. He was just like just on top of him, two, wearing him out, wearing him out. I, I was watching that fight. I was like, uh, "There's no way Connor's going to win this fight." Yeah, to Connor's credit, I mean, if you look at when he when he fought Poirier, you know when he grabbed onto Poirier and did what he did to Poirier, he came out of that fight and was like. I, I was freaked out by it. I I couldn't believe that somebody could do that to me. I was blown away by what Habib had done to him in that fight. Yeah. Habib was a bad boy. I would have loved to have seen more of him in his career. And there was talk of stoppage in the second round. People were calling for it. Even Joe Rogan was on the on the mic alluding to like, is Herb Dean gonna stop this thing? Like, what makes Herb Dean such a good ref? Well, he 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 does uh, you know, he trains too. He trains and he's had a couple of fights himself. Um I think in the amateurs, I don't know if he ever fought pro, but uh, he's knowledgeable. He, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's, he's one of the best refs of all time. What was that call to Connor like after the bus incident? You're like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, well, he, he got arrested. Yeah, I know. He had to go to fucking, it's just like. You got to be know, the commish. That, That's when you got to put a commish hat on. That's the mentality, man. I mean, this guy, Habib and his crew ran into one of Connor's buddies, slapped him. He called Connor and told him. Connor loaded up a bunch of thugs on a plane and from Ireland. They jumped on a fucking on a fucking G650 and fucking flew out here. Rolling deep. And, uh, you know. Jesus. Now this is what you, happens when street kids make some money. It, fucking jump lads. on a G, G650 and fly to New York and start a fucking rumble. Oh a my a God. legit rumble. It's insane. Oh, my God. What's a fight day routine like for you? You get, you get workout in? Yeah. Yeah, every day I get in, you know, I'm addicted to like cold plunging and, and this, there's this thing called the superhuman protocol. I do it every morning, every morning when I wake up and, uh, I work out and then I, then I start my day. 
I literally, now that I'm fucking 50, I, I dedicate two hours of my day to my health. Got it. Yeah. Since I've retired, it's been so incorporated. My, my, my life is so routine. You yep. know, wake up in the morning, body work, ball drills, meetings, body work before practice, body work after practice. Like, when it's not your priority, when, you're, when your body's not your priority right now, you have to, it, it's a mental toughness for a person to make it a priority. So true. Into their day. And for you, what happens to a lot of athletes is, how old are you now? 37. 37. So for the last, we'll call it fucking 30 years, probably the last 30 years, it's all been all physical for you. You've just been working out and doing all this shit. A lot of guys, when they retire, are like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not working. And they don't try to get their health back till maybe 10 years later. You know, but, I tried that. Like right when I got out, I was so just mentally drained. Right. Because I, I, I tore the root of my meniscus and it was a fucking grind. I couldn't walk until Friday. I'm playing on Sundays. And like that was so raw in my head where like as soon as I retired, I kind of took a chill break. And I was always a guy that worked out all year round, mm -hmm. which, you know, was a strength, but also made me, I broke down my body because of it. 100%. And I was like depressed. When you work out, it releases an endorphin. Like it, huh, when no you wake about. up, you work out, you accomplish something. It's like, then you're ready for the day. I couldn't agree with you more. That's yeah, where yeah. I'm at, man. That's exactly where I'm at. It, um, but yeah, I could see how that could happen to, to an athlete when, when they retire. Um, look, I got to ask you a question. So, you know, you're, you're on one of the greatest teams of all time, what you guys achieved and accomplished the money, the you know, what it must feel like running through that fucking tunnel into the stadium, you know, whether you're in Foxborough or you're going to another place where you're getting booed and you got the animosity in and that's fun to win. How fucking hard is it to say, all right, I'm going to walk away from this now. It's time to go. Was yeah. it hard or did you just feel like, you know what, it's time? It, it wasn't hard for me because I respect the game too much. And when I was turning on the film, I wasn't looking like me. You know, when you turn on the film and, and, and things that were so remedially easy started becoming hard, like I was like, all right, I'm, I'm not greedy. I love the game. I, I've, I've accomplished so much from this game. I've, I've, I've went above and beyond anything I ever expected. I got to get out of here just because it, I pissed off a lot of people. You know, when, you go, you, when you're in your prime, and I remember watching guys, you go against guys and – when I was a younger player, they were in their prime and they dominated me. And then I got into my prime and you could see that they were getting out of their prime and you wanted to embarrass them. You know, there, there comes a point where you can get hurt out there if you're not. Right, 100%. You know, you, you get hurt. It's like this sport, exactly. You, you, know, you stick you around go, too long. You can get hurt. And if you're not cutting the same way, you're a millisecond off. You know, guys are trying to tee off on you. You've been on the Patriots. You've won so much. Yep. Everyone... You were circled every year. You know, this is the team. You want to, if guys were getting paid off of that game, coaches were getting jobs off of beating us. Like, so it was one of those things where it was hard and it hurt. It was, it hurt me mentally, but it was like, I was so thankful that I got to have my career where I had it. I got to play on one team and I respected the game too much where, you know, I, I could have played two more years. Right. It would have been a fucking, like, what are you doing? I didn't want to be that guy. Right. See, I remember watching those guys. And were you hurt the year you, you, you yeah, retired? Yeah, I tore the yeah. root of my meniscus yeah. in the beginning of the year. And I tr and it's usually like a you, you can get this micro fracture 
surgery. They go in there, but it's like a 12 month recovery. I was 34. I was like, I'm going to try to do it without it. And it was just, it was a grind mental, you know, when you're not healthy, that's what wears you out. Cause you have to go out and perform and there's a standard and there's an expectation, right? You know, you've been doing it for so long at such an elite level that like when, when it's, it was so hard to just get right for a Sunday. I was like, I can't, I, what am I doing? Right. You know, I, uh, it was, wasn't my time anymore. Got to hang them up. It was tough. How bad do you miss it? I didn't start missing it until my body felt good. Yeah. That makes sense. I remember I was like, there was a couple weeks in my last year where like, I don't know how I'm going to fucking play this game. And I got like a big game plan to, me. you know, like I, we were, I'd have to go and run the day before the game. It was COVID. So it was all fucking weird. We couldn't like practice or certain, certain things. And I couldn't even walk. Like when we played against Seattle. I couldn't walk the day before the game. Like I, my knee was blown up. And it just, that stress, because you don't, I wanted to go out, you know what I mean? There's an expectation of how you're supposed to be. Right. And that, that, just, that wore on me, and it, and it broke me down a little bit. You know what's interesting when you say that um, it was when you started to, your body started to heal. It's like these fighters, like, I, th there'll be a great fight we'll have on Saturday night, right? And I'll go back to the press conference, and the media will start asking me, when's, um, you know, when's this guy going to fight again? It's like, just fucking we just finished the show what are you talking about we don't even call these guys for weeks till after you got to let once they start to go home you know they've been away from their families they've been cutting weight they've been stressed out about the fight the fight's over now they're all banged up you let them get past all that when you're when you're that type of an athlete like you just said you start to get antsy once you start to feel good yeah you know then you start to think about what's next and all this other stuff but when you're beat up and they don't even want to fucking talk about or think about no that's why you know, when the season would end every year, Belichick would always say, don't be calling me, you know, right after the season saying you're going to retire. Like, take a fucking second, That's you know hilarious. what I mean? Because you, right after a battle, right after right. a fucking 18, 20-week season, you're beat up mentally. It's been a fucking grind all year. You just want, you know. You, so true. You know, you let it, make a totally decision, a couple, you know, just like what you guys do. Um. Let's get back to the fight, Jack. Round three, Connor comes out and gets it. Bounces back. I thought Habib was kind of like getting his wind in it, the third round. It was, you would hear in the commentary a little bit, the muscles were full of blood. All that ground and pound, all that domination in those first two rounds. He was a little slower. Not like, didn't look like off, but it was a, a little slower, I would think, right? That's how think? it looked. Habib or Connor? Habib in round three. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, I, I can't remember what the stat is and, and if he ever did lose one, but Habib hadn't lost a round. Right. That was the first one. In like his insane. whole friggin' career. Right. And uh, he, uh, he was one of those guys that seemed to get more dominant as the fight went on because he was actually wearing you out and grinding you. And, um, but I, I don't, I don't remember how I he think he was conserving energy there. a little bit. That's the same, same. And I don't think it was he didn't like, bring him to the ground. He, he, yeah, it wasn't like he was winning. He was kind of toying was, with him. Yes. He was toying with Connor. The only other round he ever lost was uh, Justin Gaethy. So that was on uh, the judge's scorecard. He lost. Yeah. Um, but then round four comes out, neck crank, ends it. Takes Connor to the ground. He wanted to change his face. Wanted to change his face. That was the quote from the, from the, uh, all of 229, honestly. Jeez, I can't even imagine because I know, <laughs> like, what you're thinking. Because 
I've been arrested. Shit, I had to deal with the, the commission <laughs> stuff. I couldn't even imagine what was going through your mind when you see the melees going at, after the fucking fight. You're, 100%. I mean, just a liability. Well, especially when we were expecting it. We were expecting it and we were ready for it. And it still happened. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's a uh, <laughs> fucking two testosterone up motherfuckers it's just disappointing. Because to, yeah, to me, least. it's one of those, like, it, the lead up was so crazy that, like, there had to be that exhale of, like, when it actually started, like, oh, all right, we got to this point. And then it ends and afterwards, like, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. People think that because I'm a promoter that that, that stuff's good for us. It's not good for us because right. the commission, you know, and we're the biggest and baddest in all of combat sports. So we're the ones to make the uh, example out of when it does happen. I mean, you got to, you got to lay down the law. What, what, did, what did you, did you find, uh, find them or something? What are, they did. What did they find them? Two million bucks? Two, Two million, million dollars. Each? They find Habib. No, Habib? Habib got fined two million dollars. Yeah, he got fined two million dollars. That's no fucking joke. So, that's how how much they frown on this shit happening. Yeah, two million dollar fine. I mean, you gotta you gotta do that. And I, <laughs> I'm a I'm a player guy. Joe Rogan, incredible, unbelievable. Yep. When you you hired him, mm -hmm. yeah. What year? Shit. I mean, he was he literally was doing Fear Factor when I hired him. Um, like so. When we bought the UFC, the company was based in New York. So I jumped on a plane, flew out to New York, and started cleaning out the old offices. I was emptying all these boxes and, and, and sending shit to Vegas that I, I thought I needed to keep from, from the office. And I, I had a VCR because they had fucking tapes for days. I mean, I must have watched 250, 300 tapes to make sure that it wasn't anything, whatever. So I popped in this tape, and, and there was this talk show, the, the Keenan Ivory Wayne show. The oldest Wayne yeah. brother had his own talk show. Yeah, yeah. And they had Joe Rogan on there. And Joe Rogan was talking about, and I knew Joe Rogan from Fear Factor, you know, yeah. that I would watch on TV. And Joe Rogan was talking about how badass UFC fighters were and what they would really do to some of these karate guys that were in movies and shit like that. And I was like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's smart. He's funny. He's articulate. So I reached out to Rogan at that time. I think it was on the internet. You know, I reached out to him. We started talking. And I asked him if he would like to work for us and be a commentator. So if you look at where the UFC was at that time, um, you know, we were losing money like crazy. Yeah. We bought it for $2 million, which sounds like a great story now. We ended up being like almost $40 million in the hole before we turned it around. But Joe Rogan did like the first 12 or 13 shows for free. He said, fuck yeah, I'll come there and do it and sit in the best seats in the house and everything else. So Joe and I have been super close friends for a very long time. I, I would do anything for Joe Rogan. He's killed it. Came I in mean, at UFC 11, doing US the backstage interviews. Yeah, so before we bought the company, he worked for a little while for the UFC. He was a backstage interviewer. Yeah. And then, um, but I didn't even know that when I saw the videotape of him. Did you have anyone else in, in mind for that role or was it just Joe Rogan? Was no, the so when I came in, I sort of took over all the production and revamped all the, you know, the... Um, the commentators and who was going to interview. So, the, the, you know, if you look at our production now, it's fucking flaw. Our production is so on point, but it took 23 years to get there. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of time yeah. to refine routines and 100%. you're constantly still doing it. I bet hundred percent. Yes. We're, we're still uh, evolving. When you, when you green, you grow and you ripe, you rot. That's what my dad <laughs> used to tell me. <laughs> was your dad a football coach? Yeah. He yeah. Was. It sounds like it. Yeah. He was a fucking, <laughs> he was a shout out frank shout out frank uh habib's legacy 
in UFC. One of the greatest of all time. One of the greatest. Connor. Yep. Uh, one, greatest one, showman. One of the one of the one of the biggest superstars ever. One of the, I think he was the first guy to win two titles in two different weight classes. Um, and and the guy who really took the company to another level all throughout Europe. Yeah. And more importantly, who's your favorite fighter of all time? Um, it's it's hard to say that I have a favorite fighter. Connor, Connor has been an incredible partner. You know what I mean? Usually when you get guys that are that big of superstars, they go they they become total egomaniacs and they go against the fucking and do whatever. Connor McGregor is for a kid that, you know, when you when you think about it, he was he was on what's called the dole when we signed him, which yeah. is basically he was on um uh, welfare. You think about where he came from, the the business sense that this kid had is is fascinating. And Conor McGregor, everybody always asks me, is he a nightmare to deal with? No, he's actually not. He's actually a really good partner, and, and, and he, he understands the business, and, you know, he's actually been great to work with. So Conor is one of my all-time favorite. Ronda Rousey, probably the greatest that I've ever worked with. Anything you needed, whatever it was, Ronda was willing to do it. Um, and, you know, I, I have a really, really incredible relationship with Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell one of my first big superstars and, yeah. you know, helped, help build. They all the have their own spot. 100%. There's, there's you so know. many different people along the way. And, and I feel bad not saying everybody, there's, I've worked with lots of incredible people in my career. I mean, the, and then that doesn't include my staff, the woman sitting behind me. Superstar. The only person in the world <laughs> that I actually listen to and uh, respect opinions from and, and, and many other people in, in our organization. Top three fights of all time. Jones, Gustafson, McGregor, Habib, um, and, and I have to pick this one because you know going into when we first started bringing women into the UFC, the backlash we got, how I said women would never fight in the UFC, the list goes on and on. The night that Ronda Rousey fought Carmouche uh, down in Southern California, place was sold out. When Ronda walked out of the tunnel, the place fucking erupted and went crazy. And I stood around, I looked around, I said, I made the right decision. And now look at where women's fighting is now. Yeah. So me personally, my top three. Wow. She was, she was an absolute rock star. It was almost like when she, when she lost, she finally lost. It was like, it was a big deal. It was huge. We were, you never thought she could lose. We were in Australia in a soccer stadium, right? Uh, No, uh, Holly home, Holly home. In a soccer stadium. Soccer. That's yeah. how big she was. 47,000 people for a woman's fight. You, Two you, women fighting. 47,000 people in another country. And the, and, and the two women involved in the main event weren't Australian. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. That's, that's a testament to you. Taking that. Making that. It's crazy. That's unbelievable. Jack, do we, do we miss anything? We got a couple... Uh... We were we got to give a shout out to the little cowboys, Caillou Kelly on the Seahawks, Dalton yes. Kincaid, Puka. Little cowboys, shout out to the little cowboys. I want to yeah. take them all. I want to I want to get a time machine and get the little cowboys. I played on the Little Redwood City 49ers. Did you really? In the Bay Area, we That's won Super fun. Bowls. We won Super Bowl. Little cowboys Bowl. versus the little 49ers. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a we, movie. Should we make a movie? And before we leave, I mean, you couldn't walk the week of the Seattle game. You go out and have your career high, 179 I, yards. I know. It In was crazy. Seattle, Cam throwing you the ball? Cam. Got to shine. Got to give you some shine Cam. for that, brother. I, I remember that. I, I, that was after, after that. That was like one of my most proud moments. 
was because I, I remember we I had to walk with the trainer. We were walking just to get the fluid out of my knee. I was hitting the bike on Saturday. You fly out two days before going on West Coast trips. And I'm sitting there. I'm walking. We're walking up these hills in Seattle. I'm like, I don't know. How, this is, I'm talking to my guy mids. I'm like, dude, I don't know if we can, I can go. He's like, You're going to be fine. He's from Australia. You're going to be fine, mate. You're going to be fine. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, fuck. And then we went out and did that. After that game, I was like, Mine is a crazy thing. Mind over matter. So true. Mind. So true. But, I mean, that's when you play in the NFL, the level that you guys play at. And, again, I know you hear this your whole life, but at your size, to be able to do what you did in the NFL and to be able to do what you did on the Patriots. And, like I said, when we started this interview, the the, the enjoyment that you guys gave my family over the last 20 I You know, every Sunday, a family member either had a Brady, Edelman, Amendola or Gronk jersey on. We love Literally, it. Literally, everybody in my family either had one of those jerseys on. My so. guy. And it's it. not an interview. This is a conversation. Well, whatever this is. This conversation. We're hanging out. Whatever's baby. going on. Jeremiah. Here. When we started, whatever's going on here. <laughs> what does this? Does this fight have a name? Because this we we call it games with names. What, what is, is? Is this fight have a name? This fight. This conversation. What? I, what no, the what, fight. The fight that we're talking about. The Habib fight. Oh. Habib. uh no, it was just Habib versus Connor. Yeah. That's enough. Habib versus, Habib versus Connor. Connor and Habib versus Connor too. Yeah. <laughs> Are we teasing something? No. Oh, uh, you said two. <laughs> I don't know. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Uh, we have score the game presented by WinBet. We have a thing where we score each fight, each game, in all sports. Stakes one to ten. What is this? This was this had to be a ten. It's a ten stakes. It was a ten, especially with the um, with the uh, all the stuff that led up to the fight. Yeah, ten star power. Everyone was at this fight. Oh my God! Like two guys in the ring, everybody uh, sitting ringside. Star, star power. Side. The star power on this is a thousand. You got to give star level ten. Well, this is this is the thing that you think about. That's crazy when you think about fighting. I mean, you have the most powerful people in the world watching these fights. It's like we we were just talking about 
when she goes back to her home country, she meets with the president. That's crazy. It is. Gameplay. Fight play. Um, uh, it wasn't a 10 because Khabib kind of owned him. Yeah, but, but, but you know what? Uh, a lot of people don't last four rounds with Habib. Yeah. Connor did, you know? One out of 10, what do you got? Yeah. One, one out of 10 ranking. Give us seven. Seven. That's yeah. a good score. That's good. It's, that's honest. I like that. It's honest. Name? Habib versus Connor? Yep. This, I mean, that's probably like a, I mean, there's been some crazy, we've had like some crazy games on here. But those are two of the biggest superstars in the, just the Again, name of the game. It doesn't need a rumble in the jumble, jumble oh, yeah, type yeah, moniker. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't need the moniker. Eh, we're a fucking one then. All right. <laughs> we'll give it a three. All right. That's oh, nice yeah. of you. A three. There we go. <laughs> we got to come up with a name. We'll have to hit the comment section. Yeah, we'll get the we'll When get we post fan. this, we'll see What's what the that fans give us a 30? No, nah, we do that median 7.5. Where's it list in the games that oh, we've I done? Oh, I see how you do it. Okay. So a 7.5 puts us at a dead tie. Oh, my God. With the... This is an insult to combat sports. It's a tie with the 2014 the basketball tournament team barstool versus the Notre Dame alumni. Well, well, Jesus Christ! I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put it out there: we got fucked because we didn't come up with a cool name for yes. the uh, for the event. That's we got to go. Marketing's big. We, we got fucked. <laughs> Listen, when you got two of the biggest superstars in the game, <laughs> you, you don't know, need to say their name. Sell it. You know what I mean? I don't have to Enough come up said. with Rumble in the Jungle or anything like that. You know what I mean? Jeez. <laughs> Oh, rumble man. in the desert. That's all we need. No, the, the duel, in the, the desert, duel in the desert. desert. There it is. If I came up with duel in the desert, it should be a fucking 0. 0.5 should be our score. <laughs> <laughs> the scoring's all wonky every you, time. We got fucked. Yep. We got fucked on the name. Man, Dana, thank you. Do you have anything to plug? You want to no, plug? No, man, we're good. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Thanks again, man, for, for all the enjoyment over the years. Man. And uh, it's good to hang out and have a conversation with you. Definitely. I appreciate you too, man. You've always taken care of me. I saw you in Salt Lake at uh, what UFC was. Well, you and I used to bump into each other at Celtics games too. Celtics? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then at the Boston, you guys had a Boston fight in what? Yeah. 2014? Yeah, yeah. Right. And a bunch of you guys came out for that we fight. We came yeah. out for that. That's right. That yep. was fun. You've always taken care of. Yeah, I think the last time I saw you was when the Lakers and the Celtics were in the finals out in L.A., and we were both coming in that backdoor area there. Oh, yeah. I lost 20 grand to Snoop on that game. We got Meta World Peace coming on soon to talk about that game, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. We do. What's he doing now? I don't know. He's changing his name. Now he's Meta Sandiford Artest. So every week we got to stay up on it and see if he hasn't yeah, changed it. Yeah, we got to. I don't we know. Have, I'm we do have some a whole digital team that's working on <laughs> on. What his name is. Got to keep tabs on him. The tabs. But I don't know. I appreciate you, man. Thank Likewise. you. Likewise. Good to see you. What an episode. Cool dude. He, he knows a lot about fighting and everything. Being a G, making money, fighting. Making money, fighting, and dieting. And transforming. I mean, if you think about it, he's transformed the UFC yeah. into... I mean, a huge success, and he transformed his body into a huge success. I don't see Roger Goodell looking ripped. I don't oh, see Roger, he, <laughs> he's put together. I mean, if you're a ripped commish, pretty cool. Sterling? No. Lanky. Lanky. He looks Lanky. like a basketball commish. He does. No, Roger? Uh, Adam, Silver, Silver. Or Silver. Yeah. Who was I thinking? That's the I old think you were thinking of Donald Sterling from the uh, Clippers. Yeah, maybe that. Definitely not ripped. No. Bad Def guy. Not definitely bad, guy. actually. Very bad. Or, uh, wait, who was the guy? It was before him. It was uh, 
What am I doing? David Stern. 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 Jeez, Louise. I'm blank. Too many S's over there. A lot of S's. S's. A lot of S's. Either way, they ain't ripped like Dana ripped. No, they ain't Dana ripped. No. Thanks again to Dana, and thanks to the beautiful Win Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. This is, this is it. I think we made it to the bigs when we get to have field trips on our podcast. So cool. This isn't even really like a field trip. This is like a home away from home. It's like Dunstan checks in. It's like what? Like Dunstan checks in. You know what the movie? Is that? Dunstan checks in. I thought that would be right in your wheelhouse. I'm a blank check kid. I know, you know you're that. a blank you know check that. guy. You know that. All right. That's another episode of Games with Names presented by WinBet. Remember to follow Games with Names on YouTube, Instagram, X, TikTok, and Snapchat. See you guys later. See later. you next week. Jackie. Later. Later. Games with Names is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets you where you are and helps you get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.